Street Champs, come get put on. Today we got Colorado hip hop legend Black Pegasus in the building. What is going down, fellas? Let's get it. We're here. <laughs> Let's go. We're here what up, man? Yes, sir. Glad to have you on finally, dude. Cool, man. It's awesome to be here. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Hell yeah, man. Um, you were actually one of my podcasting inspirations, bro. I saw your saw your podcast going off, and I was like, damn, this this is uh, more accessible than I thought. Tight. That's you know? dope. Yeah, man. It was funny because me and my partner, we wanted to do a podcast forever, and we just kept BSing, and then, you know... The whole, uh, I call it the pandemic, but to not trigger people. Um, <laughs> when the pandemic went off, it was just like, yo, it's just time to do this. And we sat in front of uh, an iPhone and started recording vocals and just said, hey, let's just put out our thoughts. And then it just, we started cultivating it from there. Mm-hmm. So, how long have you been doing that for? Um, so, right, at, right around the end, or no, April of 2020. April of 2020. So, mm. however long that is, it's July 2022 now. So, over two years. So, mm. yep. Let's go, man. Yeah, it goes by fast. Yeah. And what's funny is, like, people don't understand the work you have to put in because right now we're just starting to get, like, some real traction as a podcast. Mm. Um, and you got to think my channel is has me as an artist. We do street interviews and a podcast, but the podcast is actually just starting to get a little traction. I mean, we're going to be shooting up on three years before you know it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it definitely takes a lot of lot of time. Anyone can talk in front of a mic. So really to put your content together and really just be consistent just takes time to build it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many episodes you guys have done? Um, so we have a lot because we've done them in segments. But officially, every Tuesday, we do a live stream. We've been doing that for... I don't know, maybe six months, but um, we're at episode, I believe, 118 would be this week. And that's just of the live stream. Now, the way me and my partner do it, so we do live streams every Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, So that's what we do there. But then before we normally I get to the office around one o'clock and we record segments. So we'll record like five to six segments so we can release something every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the goal. So we do the live stream on Tuesday, but we release segments Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we'll try to do another live stream on Saturday when I don't have concerts. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. yep. Your partner as in like, what's your partner's name? Um, so, um, Me as a solo entity, I do a lot of solo stuff. But as a as a group, it's the forty year old FUQ boys. So that's our you podcast. Can take Buck here. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll wait a little bit because the algorithm gets kind of weird. You know True. what I'm saying? When you start cursing a lot, like right you away. do. There's advantages to not cursing, but me and him curse a grip. So I always. And then when you're talking to people, they're like, "You have a podcast? What is it?" And you're on an airplane, and you're like, "The forty year old fuck boys." They're like, uh, "What?" You know what I'm saying? So, but uh, mm, yeah. Um, so my partner, he goes by Don Wannabe in the in the podcast i like it man i like it you guys filming out of springs um so we started in denver we still have a studio in denver so um typically when he's in town i drive up on tuesdays record there and then when we do our live streams on saturday he drives to springs so my i have my own podcast studio in colorado springs um at mount olympus and then um me and him partnered up, so me and him own half of the studio in Denver. And that's also because I have a lot of different people, like, with artists coming through. If they're only in Denver, it's like, yo, come on down to the podcast in Denver, because not many people are going to drive south mm. to do an interview. You know what I'm saying? Especially down the 120, or the 125, the I-25, yeah, man. Yeah, God. Yep. <laughs> is it fucked up right now, or what? Uh, when, is it, when isn't it having construction on it? Yeah. I mean, just yeah. the drive to Denver 
to Springs is just annoying in itself. Yeah, you got to go to the superstars <laughs> until you are the superstar. <laughs> like, oh, go to the Joe Rogan podcast. You know How so. many views are you averaging per podcast episode? Um, that's a good question. I'd have to check the analytics because typically I know that a podcast or a live stream is going to do 300 to 500 views no matter what. Like it'll mm. always do that. But we just have breakouts. Like right now I just did an interview slash reaction with Stevie Stone. That's a, at about 120,000 views. Let's and go. then a lot of our podcast when you're dealing with hot topics, like we tackled the Joe Rogan and we're topic immediately, so that'll get like three thousand views. Um, we we'll, we'll talk. We do the Andrew Tate stuff. That some of those have fourteen thousand views because what you're building is a library, and this library, like people go. So we did the one on Ray Epps. So after January sixth, um, we saw this footage of this dude Ray Epps who was instigating the whole Capitol um, insurrection, oh, man. and he's on film <laughs> saying, "We gotta go. We gotta storm the Capitol." He's the only one who hasn't been arrested. So we did that, and now that the 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 J- January sixth committee is coming up talking about it, ours pops up when people are like, "Yo, who's this Ray Epps guy?" Ours is one of the first videos. Let's so it was like, so it's like you're creating a library, and when things come around, you know, people go back and look Smart. at certain things. It's keywords and algorithm. Yeah. And when they like you said, when they type that in, boom, you're up there. Yeah, absolutely. That's sweet. I like mm-hmm. that. Before we get into all the. Because you kind of tackle some tough, controversial topics on your, yeah, on yeah, your platform. Sure. Before yeah. we get into all that, um, I kind of want to hit like like your story a little bit. Uh, sure. How old are you? 42. 42. Hence you the know, 40 year old FQ boys. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're 50, what are you going to do? Um, Maybe. I don't know. We'll, see. We <laughs> we'll tackle that when it happens. It could be 50-year-old <laughs> FQ boys. We graduated to the 50s. Who knows? You know, we might have a different... Um, uh, brand by then i i don't know you know i think saying? both of you guys look young enough you keep the 40 fuck yeah. it yeah. hey fuck you it know what I'm saying? keep the 40 it's like uh what is that place all the chicks go to 21 forever or something mm-hmm. like, forever 21 forever 21 there i you feel go. like you as the saying? older you get the more funny it gets too because yeah. like say you're 80 and you still have this 40 yeah. year old fuck boys podcast That's yeah hilarious. it's like just what y'all just showed me gangsta gale you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god the so. better the better yeah so. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen gangsta gale go check that out that chick yolo <laughs> yellow um so uh where, where are you from i'm okay I'm, i represent colorado okay but this is why i was born on a german air well i was born on a u.s air force base in germany because my dad was stationed in Landstuhl, germany when i was born so i was mm. born on a u.s base which made me a u.s citizen but i was able to choose dual citizenship but at the time i was told i'd have to serve in the german military so i didn't get a dual citizenship but it's born in germany <laughs> And then um, we came back to the States. Um, my brother was born in Arizona. We lived in Florida. We lived in um, Albuquerque. Then we went back to Germany. But Colorado was the first place I called home. And we, my dad retired in Colorado when I was about 11 years old, so 1991. So that's why I claim Colorado, because it's my first home. We were just nomadic, traveling with the military my whole life. So, mm-hmm. Where are your parents at now? Um, my mother is in heaven and my father lives in Widefield where I grew up. Same grow up house. You know what I'm saying? So, uh didn't leave. Yep. So, that's what's yep. up. I tell so they my were parents, together for thirty one or thirty four years. They're OG oh, man. traditional family. So that's awesome. Yep. Wow. Um all right. All right. So um you went to high school in Colorado then? Yes. So I went to uh um so my dad 
worked at Irving Junior High when Irving, or was it Junior High? Yeah, I think it was like a middle school or something, Irving, whatever. Um, and they've changed that since now, but he worked at the special ed program. He worked with what I think they called our alternative students, that department. What does that mean? Um, it's like the bad kids. Oh, uh, word. You know, the mm-hmm. kids have rough families and or, or maybe they have like impediments, like speech impediments. You know, just typically it's the bad kids. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, so he worked with them in that department and uh, we started going to school there. Um, it's a regular middle school, but he worked in that department. But we went to that school because he worked there and we just went with him to, to school there because he drove us because we've lived in Widefield for that whole time. I'm telling that to kind of preface the story because I actually went to um, Widefield and Mitchell, but I lived in Widefield. So what happened was um, I went to Irving because we were in we homeschooled the grip. Like my parents had us in like homeschool, like moving around. What's crazy is we were in this church school that was worth worse than public school. You know what I'm saying? Because all the people who got kicked out of public school went to that school. But you know, um, anyways, long story short, I went to uh, for high school. I went to Mitchell. And that was because I went to Irving, but my dad stopped working at Irving. And um, so I had to start going to Widefield. But at Widefield, I started getting into a lot of trouble because all my friends were at Mitchell. And I was kind of acting out. You're, you're going through your hormones, all that. Like, New school. You know what I'm saying? So well, I ended up going to Mitchell and graduating from Mitchell. Just wanted to lay out the story because it's kind of weird how it's mm. like, yo, well, why'd you go to Widefield and Mitchell? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's kind of it out. What were you doing to get in trouble? Like spray um, painting? So uh, to be to be completely honest, this is I'm a ninja. So I grew up doing karate, like trying to do backflips off trees, shit like that. So I was in Universal Kenpo Karate. Okay, this is my love. I loved karate. I still love martial arts. I'm still in jujitsu. But my parents didn't make enough money, and they had to take us out of karate when I was 14. So I started change. Like I started watching MTV, and I just wasn't active as as a child. Right. So. I'm going to a wide field at the time. I'm playing basketball. Basketball becomes my next passion, but I hate school. I hate. I still have this like phobia of my alarm clock. Like I do. I hate alarm clocks. When I have to wake oh, up really? for the airport, I, I can't even sleep because I get all this anxiety. Hated waking up early. I hated school. Hated my teachers. Blah blah blah. So, um, make a very long story short, I didn't get good grades, and so I, I was able to play on the basketball team with my grades because I had like mostly D's. But my parents are like, this is unacceptable. You have D's. We're kicking you off the basketball team. I just went off the rails. I started skipping school, hanging out with the gangster disciples, doing gang shit, just, you know, damn guns. Like, I used to take a gun to, like, well, I don't even know if I should say that, but I had a little twenty two, and I was, like, all worried about, at the time, so they're vice lords, but in our neighborhood, there were four corner hustlers. And I was always, like, kind of worried. So I always had, like, this little twenty two in my backpack. This is before Columbine. Mm. So it's just, like... That's just what I was doing. I just went directly to the kind of like street life, and that's just what it was. So, mm. mm-hmm. what other sports did you play? Did you just play basketball? Dude, I'm athletic. So, um, I was actually I'm actually dumbass because I should have stuck with track. So I ran track. I ran. Okay, I played soccer. I wrestled. I played basketball, and I ran track. Did everything. And um, you were a GD. Well, not until I didn't do any of that. That's what's interesting. <laughs> That's you take kids out of athletics, and they're going to go to down whatever path is there for them. And that was the path my friends were going on. Before the that GDs, I started my own gang. That's what's crazy. It, I, WCGs. Widefield Colorado Gangsters. Oh. So, you know, we weren't Dude. tough. But this is the thing. <laughs> I grew up in the era of gangster rap. So mm-hmm. I was very influenced by what I saw. I wanted to be this. You know what I'm saying? Tupac, yeah. Mob Deep, 
You know what I'm saying? Snoop Dogg. That's what I wanted to be. And everyone like you back then, everyone, you know, people were like skinny jeans now while everyone was wearing khakis. It was just the culture back then or, mm-hmm. or dressed like East Coast, like Biggie. You know what I'm saying? So just what I saw. But anyways, I think I got off track. You asked a uh, sports. What sports did you say? Oh, track? Yeah. You should have kept with yeah, track. Yeah. So and, and I, I ran the 800, which is the half mile long oh, distance. Shit, yep. And um, I placed in state with my relay team. Uh, uh, I forget what we placed. It wasn't like, but we placed like eighth in the so whole placed. damn state. Yeah. But I'm I'm a, I'm not tall. Like it's always like lengthy, like white dudes and long legs. Dudes, you know what I'm saying? Like giant strides. Who I was running against, yeah. and I was always like, you know, um, I'm just not as tall as them. They're always like in their six three. But I just had heart. I always said I was like sea biscuit because when I'm running next to fools, I just had heart. <laughs> and so like I'd always win my races. And then they put me on the relay team, and together, that's where, you know, I was running Took like off. a two-minute half mile, which is pretty good. Like, it was, I think I was close to getting to 159, but you got to remember, I'm a sophomore. I didn't even – I just I just started getting into the gang life. So my fucking – I tricked off my whole junior and senior year to just uh, skipping school, trying – you know, just dumb you, shit. Now, I could have got a full-ride scholarship for, for being where I was at as a sophomore. If I would have uh, ran junior and – I could have full-ride. Would you say biggest regret then? From like maybe a back in the day regret. Then. So I would, but then I wouldn't have became a rapper. Exactly because that's be... what brought me down this path. That street shit. Mm-hmm. Because that's what got me out of the streets. Um, was a um, dude. I have so many street stories. Like I've been shot at in Pueblo just for rolling with like homies that are all wearing red. Like I mean, just wait. So get into that a little bit. Yeah. What do you mean? I what do you mean? So what happened? Like the beach club or something out here. This is back in the day. But I used to roll with this crew called LF La Familia. You remember what um, year it was? And this was after. This is after I was rolling with the GDs. So the GDs used to kick it with these cats. And so it was like this. So together, the GDs and maybe there were some bloods. They called each other LF, and they just kind of would kind of unite and roll together. And so I, I, I remember we went to a club in Pueblo, and just some dumb shit. Someone got in a fight, and it yep. rolled out into the parking lot, and then someone started shooting. And I'm with them about you know fighting with them to the. And it was literally because oh, one shit. of the homies just was all wearing like too much red. And what's ironic oh. about that? I liked blue, and I actually liked Crips because of Snoop Dogg. But all my <laughs> homies were blood, so it was just like bro, I was all over the place, but. I was always like the kill, chill cat because I was kind of like on some playboy, pretty boy type shit. But I would just get down. Hit on the ladies. Saying. Yeah, that's always my, my – I was always like a – I guess they'd say a womanizer. But that's not really like – not like really like, mm. oh, I'm not like a gorilla pimp. You know what I'm saying? But so I was you're, just – You're you know saying you're a lover. Were you swinging? At that in that fight where you're getting shot at in Pueblo, were yeah. you swinging? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Hey, he's a lover and a fighter, y'all. <laughs> you should have had that same twenty two from your. <laughs> you should have had I the know, little right? the yeah the deuce deuce back then. I yeah, man, I shot at someone with the deuce deuce actually in my cul de sac, but that's that was that's a whole that's other a whole another story so. in Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, <laughs> goodness gracious, was that what you want to get into that a little bit? Like, what, what was so that about? These, these cats were bullying me. No, I'm just, but uh, so <laughs> the, the ops, as the they call ops, it today, dude, ran up. So, um, one time, you know, I'm just I'm I'm laying I'm sleeping in my basement at my parents' house, and I hear a and I run outside, oh, and fuck. someone threw a brick through my Acura Integra's back window. Oh, and I was just not like, the Integra, bro. And back then, you don't have money like that, so it's like no 500 bucks for a minute, anyway. Fast forward, I, it's a club night, and I'm out at the club late as hell. So I just come home, you With know. No but, back but, window. Oh. But, no, but I'm <laughs> but I'm in my house and I'm still awake. And and so these people probably didn't think I was awake. 
and I see, I, I look out my window and there's lights at the top of the cul-de-sac and then the lights just go out. Uh-oh. And then I just, it's so weird. Cause in today I'd be a little more shook. I'd be more scared right now just cause I'm like a dad and shit, but I'm in my boxers. I family. just grab my gun. I'm like, and just run outside in my boxers <laughs> and these dudes, they turn off the lights and then I hear, and the moment I heard, I just swung open the gate and was like, bop, 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 and just started shooting up their Cadillac. But again, it's just a 22. And they were, they were <laughs> yeah. like this. They were like, and they're like, and just took off. And it, that, that was a really unique situation. So, yeah. And you think you caught a body in that? In I, that didn't I didn't catch a body. I, didn't <laughs> I actually ran into spin? one of the dudes on a Grinnell like, like, a, like a month later. And um, it was just funny. I always call this my magic trick. So he gets out of the car, right? So we pu- he pulls up on me acting all hard, right? And he was like, um, what's up now, fool? What's up now, fool? And I'm like, what's up? And I'm next to my car. And he walks up to me. And I'm like, dun 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 go, go, Matt, gadget. And I grab a bat. And I'm just like, bah! And I hit him in his wrist. He was like, oh! It was like a little kid getting a spanking, you know? And I didn't, that's it. I just let it, because I've always been Beep. chill. I'm not Real like, quick. oh, let me beat him down to pulp. Like, yeah, I was nah. just like, you know when to like, stop. You know? Yeah. And so, like, he just, he, he ran up. I pulled out the bat. And I was like, if you're still going to come. And he just came. He came at. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right in his sh- How long ago was that? I mean, dude, I'm a teenager. So oh, I thought like this was, like, years. recent. Oh, no, fuck. hell no. This, <laughs> this is all, like, high school type <laughs> stuff. I know. He's always dude, like, I am not just got in done. no shit, bro. I chill, bro. Like, I'm trying to go This on. man's got the Frenchie. What, what if you run into that guy now? Are you keeping the same energy? Bro, I don't even know what he looks like. I hope I could mend the situation. I would try to talk. I would definitely. I've, You know, I'm out here laughing, but in hindsight, like, it's kind of wild, you know? It's a wild story, And we were yeah. doing stupid shit, and um, it's actually not funny. Like, this could trigger him to be like, what? This mother, I'm going to get him, you know? Like, I don't yeah. mean it like that. I'm just saying that's how it went down mm-hmm. back then. I mean. Um, it is what it is. Um, if I honestly, if he hit me up i would honestly apologize i'd be like i was mad and mature and what's funny though is they were chasing me though i didn't roll up on him he He was chasing me i remember it was like a red nissan and i was like oh shit and then i was just like damn he's running from the ultima yeah you know what i'm saying (laughs) so i was just like but these fools broke my windows and whatever it is what it is it's just back in the day stupid stuff gang shit so uh right when you were doing all that um did you start like smoking weed or like doing any other? You know what? Or anything? I was literally I they what do they call that? Straight edge. Straight edge. I was straight edge. I still haven't even been drunk in my life ever. Um, I ever got, not once. Nope. I got buzzed in Tijuana. That's a lie. I, I ran away from home at eighteen and went to Tijuana with these chicks and I got buzzed and that was it. In my whole life. Buzzed. Okay. Well, off what? Would you drink? I don't even know. They just had like this. So this is what happened. We were driving, and they try. I don't know if they tried to trick me. But uh, there was a there was like a cop behind us. They're like, oh my god, we have an open bottle because we're all like eighteen. They're like, so you need to like slam this, and and it was just like a little bit of like champagne or wine or something. And I just slammed it. Then we got to Tijuana. And I just remember breakdancing. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to breakdance. Like, I don't know how to breakdance. You're on a cardboard box. That's how I knew I was buzzing. You know, because I was like, I was like, oh yeah, it's just I probably look like now you say buzzing. Is that drunk though? I have no clue. They, the, cop, only, the cops would that's, say that's <laughs> only that's the only time I felt that way before. So mm. you know what I mean. So um, they do say buzz driving is drunk driving. So I mean, I wasn't driving though. Like I was yeah, no, no, no driving. Yeah, yeah. Just saying, like so, they say, like if you're buzzed, you're drunk. I don't yeah. know. Buzz so yeah, dancing. I mean, I definitely was not normal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but when I think about all my homies being drunk versus mm-hmm. buzzed, like the difference in my opinion between drunk and buzz is like, yo, drunk, you fucking a woolly mammoth. 
buzzed, you having a good time, and you could recognize what's going on. Do you Except see what I'm you saying? Fucking her woolly man. I'm just saying, like, dudes will Truth. go off on some other stuff. They're just, they're just like, don't see any coherence. They're fighting dudes. They're talking to chicks they wouldn't talk to. They're they don't even debate going in raw. It's just like, baby, this feels so good. Like it's like, bro, that's this fool. Where's nah, the gym? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So yeah, that, that's all I'm saying. But um, yeah, so a sober soldier, straight edge. Um, I actually started smoking weed. My mom had cancer. It was terminal. She was advit. Like she was super like hardcore Christian. She didn't want me to get any tattoos, no earrings, no drugs, no this, no that. And so I kind of just it was kind of instilled in me just from growing up but uh when she had cancer i actually brought her to a uh they weed was just getting legal and i was like yo man like let's see if try this it out is, you know and she we t- went to a weed doctor he gave her the red card and he, and he was just like yo to keep it real with you dealing with cancer these opiates that you're on will actually mess with your internal organs and your digestive system and he was like if you smoke weed and just take a little bit of ibuprofen It'll ease off the pain, but the THC will make you feel creative. And I remember that she started hitting on the bong. You know what I mean? The woman it's who said, this is from the devil. Devil's lettuce. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. The, and you now know, she's, she's just in the kitchen cooking, like kind of just, you know, awesome. happy and shit. So like ever since then, I was like, it took my edge off this concept uh, that was being pushed by, you know, mainstream that, oh, you know, weed mm-hmm. is the gateway to all these the propaganda. things. And me having a very disciplined personality, when I started smoking, I never just became a pothead and was just lazy as Whoa, hell. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just something that I I would do a little socially with rappers because, you know, sometimes they like to have like that celebration moment on the That's tour bus. The, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll hit this, you know. But um, for the most part, I, I only smoke to just like sleep. Just I try to do things that benefit me, my health, typically. Mm-hmm. That's just what kind of person I am. For sure. And if, yeah. All that being said, Wiz passes the man the blunt. He's gonna hit the blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't think Wiz. I remember hits I smoked anymore, with but. Stevie Stone and freaking pot and one ton from Potluck in the studio, and I was like, man, these dudes. I was like, give me that, and I just kept hitting in the circle. And bro, I was just on the couch like in Mount Olympus while they were recording, just in a blanket. Sleeping. Really? Yeah. yeah, I just was out, bro. How long That's did you sleep for? Uh, probably like an hour. An hour? And then they're like, yo, let's go to the taco spot. And I'm all driving, all paranoid, like all slow. Like, <laughs> yo, bro. Man, you like, drive I was still? like, I'm never smoking this much again. And it was literally <laughs> just to be like, man, I can hang with y'all. And I was like, no, you can't. <laughs> bro, don't. No more. So you're good. You learned your lessons. So, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. odd. Do you remember what strain that was or what what that was? I have no, no. clue. And then I don't really pay attention to the details. Yeah. yeah. Right? So, yeah. He was on the couch, so yeah. I guess. Yep. So, um. Oh, what we seen? No, life. keep going. All right, so um, just to get back on like the fucking whole timeline of your life and my shit. bad, dude. We no, no, I love doing that. <laughs> I love like kind of pulling away from it a little bit. He loves it. I do. I do. I'm yeah. kidding. But um, <laughs> so getting back into whatever. Um, at what age did you start making music? So, right after high school. So I was dabbling with freestyling with my homeboy John and uh, 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 what is my other homie's name? Jeez. Damn, it's a bad homie. Dude, no, Jack, uh, Jack, Jack. So Jack and Sparrow. John. Jack which and I, John. What's funny is they're both black, but that didn't sound black at all. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I'm freestyling with them after our class. We and that's when I actually smoked. Um, actually, you know what? I have to go back. I smoked weed then. I smoked with them, but it was dirt weed. Yeah, and it was just like yeah, I was sure. kind of faking it. I was trying to be cool, so I wasn't really inhaling. We'd go behind. He's all handing it like Elon Best Musk. Buy on Academy. And we'd smoke, and then we'd go back to class and write rhymes and set them back and mm. forth. And that was my first experience writing. And um, 
make a long story short, my partner, Don Wannabe from the podcast, I met him telemarketing at Future Call when I was 18. And I was writing some rhymes down and he looked at them and he knew I was writing rhymes because he would write. He tried to get me to tell blah, blah, blah. He starts getting me into freestyling. And then I went to a party and he like forced me to get on the mic. I spit my first freestyle and that's just was my intro to it. And um, after that, we got with the DJ. We freestyled and a lot. But then we did a first demo over a, a cassette tape at our nice. DJ's house. What year was this? You remember um, year that's going to be like 1998. Nice. Close to 1999. So we recorded over a, a, a cassette. Then we met Bass Jace with Illinois Studios and Springs and started recording for real in 1999. Started actually um, getting Yeah, and put, we put out a CD at the end of 99 and then another album that um, kind of put us on the map as FOS. I was in a rap group called Focus on Skills, Fusion of Syllables, and uh, we released that record in 2000. And, um, yeah, we, we got a lot of notoriety putting that out. Mm. That's what's up, man. Describe, that, a, oh, go ahead. Um, describe a lot of notoriety. Like, what, what does that look like and feel like to you? So um, we were buzzing in, in Springs. So we were buzzing in Denver, Boulder, and Springs a little bit, but in Springs – our first concert was at the underground um, and it was like 350 people. Then we headlined this place called 32 blue, which you guys might know as the thirsty parrot that used to be yeah. 32 blue. And we headlined that and we sold it out like over 500 people. And because we sold it out, we actually tracked on Polestar because they um, reported it to Polestar. And then um, because of that, what's Polestar? So it's, it's kind of like a sound scan. Like, so back in the day when you sell albums, is sound scan and that's what tracks if you go platinum Polestar tracks um what you would call tour tour history so as a promoter a lot of times if you can pull Polestar numbers and see someone's tour history you can ba- make a better offer like oh they sold this many tickets in this market cool at this price they're worth this much you and know who puts saying? that into that um typically the venues will the report venues will re- report Polestar but it just depends like there's a lot oh, of just you that's know that's cool basic venues they don't but normally um corporate venues report to polestar wow okay so um then we went to uh south by southwest in 01 and um we got onto a showcase and we got in front of a couple people and these people put um <coughs> our music on mtv road rules and real world and we were collecting royalties from that and then we got on um nba jams part two um so we have some music on that from back in the day and so those were just things that started to bubble for us. Um, but unfortunately, my partner in crime kind of went down like a like a drinking path and then ended up getting locked up for a little bit. And that kind of birthed my solo career. Partner in crime went down a path of crime. That too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. So that's not, a, that's not a wannabe, Don, Don wannabe? Yeah, that's him. Oh, yep. that's, that is him? Yep. Oh, so he's he's uh, recovered now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he wasn't like an alcoholic, like, yo, I'm in the streets, but he just started wilding out, and I just, I forget the whole story, what happened. All I know is he ended up in jail, and I was going to Boulder to do a concert as a group by myself, and oh, I had fuck. to get all my solo shit together, and this isn't in the time of technology. 
There's no fucking social media. So figuring out how to perform a solo set, there's not jumping on my computer editing. I mean, CD, yeah, right. CDs are still a, like a legit new technology. You know, this is literally like... You can't just run up in yeah. the stew and get some new... Yeah. yeah. So it's like 2000s. Oh, man. So, um, you know, I think I had that time I had one solo track and I just had to... I don't even remember how I pulled it off. I probably freestyled <laughs> over instrumentals. Like, who knows? He's white, right? Yeah. He's white. Well, he's mixed. He's white and Latino, but he just looks white. If you look at him, you're like, oh, he's, but he's literally half and half for the most part. What? your ethnicity i'm black mexican and then a little bit of mixture of other stuff from my latin side mm -hmm. so my mom um well and i haven't done the 23 and me so it might be different but my mom was always like obvious we're mexican right but um she's always said we have a little irish french and native in our blood that's mm. what she would always tell me so I probably should do the 23 and me, but you know, you ain't getting my DNA. Yeah, yeah, you ain't getting this DNA. No, Even if it's just know. spit. Uh, they already <laughs> yeah, have I don't my medicate. DNA. They <laughs> have, they have I had it. to take the Rona test. It is what it is. They got yeah. me. They, they got, got you. They got your Which boy. one? Which one did you have to get? For Oh, no, I'm just saying I had to take all the Rona tests. Oh, you were, oh, okay. traveling and stuff. So yeah. the one all in the nose and shit. I actually didn't have to do a deep one. It was Those just ones like, hurt, bro. You just go like this. But I remember at the beginning they were like, oh, "Bro, that shit was I never crazy. Had do, I never had to do that shit." That shit hurt. Yeah. It would so. make your eyes tears all go yeah. crazy. But yeah. Yeah. Fun times. I know you got Good some test. outlandish takes on that, but I don't want the people that want to know that you got to you got to wait. wait. Yeah, but, um, for sure. It's all good. Back into the music though. Yeah. Um uh, how many shows do you think you've done over this career of yours? Not not that you've put on, but that you've performed. And then we'll get into the ones that you've, you know. It's weird because I did my first show. It was a talent show, I believe, in 1998. And we were in 2022, and I just did a show three weeks ago. A talent show? No, I'm just kidding. Right, right, right. Um, <laughs> I, I, honestly, hundreds for sure, maybe. Mm -hmm. maybe close to the thousand to thousand let's not say thousands that's probably over right hundreds for because you got to think i've toured all of europe with afro i've toured mm -hmm. canada with Who's liquid afro? assassin um all flows reach out he's um ra the uh, ra the rugged man's uh, protege mm. um and then um i've toured america i think i mean like see i've toured america in its entirety five times but um, I've toured all over America for my whole career. And then that's not like before I kind of got was able to go tour like that. I um, toured Colorado just like I literally would do like Colorado Springs, Denver, Boulder, Fort Collins, Breckenridge, Aspen, Durango, Grand Junction. You know, and I was able to make a living off of those pockets until I figured out how to tour nationally. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. So, all right. I want to talk about that that's touring. Hundreds. So that's that's not, nice. that sounds really interesting. Um, were you single when you were touring? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I, I acted single. Ooh. Oh man! You know what I'm saying? Like for a part of it, I was single. <coughs> for a big part of it, I wasn't. But you know, <sighs> it is what it is. Ladies' man, you know, you were a ladies' yeah. man growing he up. He said he was a lover. Okay. The price we pay for the games we play. <laughs> but you're a, you're a married man now, right? Yeah, I'm married. How long have you been married? Uh, seven years. About to be eight. So um, all right. So touring single. Versus touring in a relationship. Mm, okay, so touring single. I mean, the thing is, as a young man, because everything changes as you get a little bit older. But um, touring as a young man, you're chasing the women. And so I remember I went on a tour with uh, one of the homies who has a DJ abilities. And I mean, the whole the whole Shout game out. plan, the whole game plan was just like every night find a chick so we can stay at her crib. Now it wasn't we didn't it didn't matter if you had zags or not. It was just, yo, can we stay at your crib so we could save on a hotel? 
and stack the bread. That's you know what I'm fire. Saying? So like, I mean, just off rip, you're couch surfing at chicks' houses most of the time. Now, if a dude, if 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 you could stay at the homie's crib too, like that works too to save money. But essentially, that was the that was the game. Like, get on stage, show your celebrity, right? And that it kind of puts you in a different realm than the other guys at the venue. And that's how you're able to meet the chicks. Mm-hmm. And you know, hey, do you have your own place? <laughs> oh. What a coincidence. I'm in town tonight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> What's the craziest place you had to stay at in that type of situation? Like a, like a chick's house? Did you have any cool so, stories? So, actually, all the chicks' houses were pretty nice when you, when you got to stay at them. So, that wasn't ever crazy. The real crazy was one of the time I stayed with one of my homies. I go in his house. He's like, yeah, you can stay with us. And he's like, you'll be staying down here. And I go in the basement. And it's like dungeon, bro. Like, like, I was like, <laughs> yo. I was can in I my, sleep on the floor yo, up here? I was sleeping in the sleeping bag. This is what got me to sleep. I was like, okay, if I was in Vietnam, it would be way worse. Like, there would be rain. Oh, my God. Because I was like, yo, there might be a mouse. There might be a spider. So I just had to put myself in Vietnam. I was like, okay, you've seen these movies. There's poisonous snakes, frog. There's this. There's the Viet Cong. It's raining. You can make it. And then I just fell asleep. Yo, if the homies have to think about war to go to sleep in that place that you set them... I was just Give like, because I was like, yo, how am I going to bitch up? And like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? It, he offered like, you the yeah, yeah. It was, it was just weird, bro. It was like just concrete slat. It was the unfinished basement, just spider webs everywhere. This dude moves like, over a Ouija board to sleep on a sleeping like, bag. Oh my God, I was like, bro. God of mercy. I'm bro. out. Here we go. I'm still, I'm still here. <laughs> Damn, that is a good one. I dig that. So you've been to um, like Alaska and Hawaii touring? I haven't been to Hawaii touring. I've been to Hawaii on vacation. I have not been to Alaska. So mm-hmm. when I say all of America, you got me on that one because I definitely have not been to those spots. I actually have. I've been to Hawaii later in life. So I haven't been to Hawaii to perform or Alaska. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Damn. Worst town to perform in Ooh. that you've hit? Omaha. Maybe in your experience because everybody has their different experiences, of course. <coughs> oh, I'll tell you. So this is kind of effed up what I'm about to say because when you say worst – People are going to take it a certain way. So let me kind of preface it, I guess. First and foremost, wherever someone comes to pr- support you, it's dope. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. came to support my show, this is freaking awesome. So I'm not going to say this is the worst. I'm going to say this is the scariest. Oh, shit. So um, okay. I was on tour with uh, kind of, yeah. Potluck and Recognize, and we did played Harpo's, which is an old – it's like an 80s rock band venue, like world-renowned, known – but it's all beat down. It's in Detroit. And oh, I, like right. literally, like, they were like, hey, when you get off the tour bus, go in, get back on the tour bus. And when we were driving through the town, I was like, there's like abandoned buildings. It definitely was just like some like, yo, there might be a body in that building. So I'm not dissing Detroit. I'm just saying that part of town where Harpo's but was, hard part from, of town. from my re- recollection, it was just one of those places, you know, like when you go in the chicken shop, there's just like the thick, you know, bulletproof glass everywhere. <laughs> it's just like, I'm just like, oh, this was, so it's not necessarily the worst place I perform, but it was the place that was the most intimidating when mm. it came to the surrounding environment. Were you nervous on stage? No, because no. there wasn't anything to be, honestly though, yeah, because the place seemed haunted. Like, ah. the stage was, like, as big as your house, and I'm just looking down. Like, it's like me performing on the roof of your house and you being in the ground. Like, it's like if I fall off the stage, <laughs> oh, I will die type shit. Like, it was oh it was just interesting. That's what I remember from my brain. If any of you watching this and ever been to Harpo's in Detroit, let me know if I'm tripping. But, yeah. So. <laughs> Yo, okay, that was good. So, I'm glad I asked that, It was too. the most intimidating spot I had been to. I remember going to Chicago 
Um, and it was just where we played was super dope. But people were like, yo, don't go past this place. And back then I didn't realize the, why, you know, because that was like in 06. So I don't know what was going on back then, but I just wasn't, you know, I didn't follow you know it's and, not like you knew like you would know now and it's now hard. you know because the phone yeah yeah, yeah exactly back then we toured that's the funny thing we toured we had to so at the hotels or the girls cribs you try to get on the internet and print up the map quest i was about to, i was just because we used that. to have to tour with a map and figure out where my we homie were going. was map quest into the venues so you know then map mm-hmm. quest came out and i was like yes you know so if they didn't have internet it was like it's crazy because when i toured in germany I'm like, you just put on GPS. But then I remember the the towers went down in this one spot for like 20 minutes. And I was like, I was freaking out because I don't speak <laughs> the language. I don't know how to read a map in German. And I'm just at the gas station like, please come back on or this is a wrap. Like, like I needed to go pick up like Afro from like the hotel or airport. They're just waiting. The phone signal's down so I can't call them. I can't figure out where I'm going. I'm just like, bruh. So it's, it, technology has changed everything. Like, it's wild. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have to you, use Google Translate. So Sprechen, yeah, I heard um, Sie Deutsch. Uh, I forget Nein. what um, I forget what his name is. Mikey, um, that big champion of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Mikey. Um, oh, M- Musasasi. Yeah, something. he Mus- said he learned yep. Portuguese using just yep. uh, Google yeah. Translate completely. Yeah, I like, saw he that. Just went and yeah, bro, that kid's tripping. He's he is talking about pizza and pasta. That's his yes, name. that is another oh, crazy thing. Oh, he oh, only oh. eats pizza and pasta. pasta. That's it yeah. every day. And he's all ripped. And he's but that's ripped. He fast. Champion fasting will you can keep. That, but I don't know if that's good for your digestion. I don't know enough about that, but I'm into like that stuff pretty. Anyway, you you're fasting fast right now, right? Yeah, ah. just because I don't always do it, but when I get super busy, I just kind of forget to eat. But today I didn't I go to you. the gym, so I can I can fast longer without implications. But if I'm going to the gym, I need some type of carbs or calories to, say, to yeah, burn. Yeah, any exertion. So, yeah. Mm. yeah. What's your religion? I mean, I grew up Christian. I'm not like devout christian i'm in a weird i'm in this weird place because i believe in the values of religion i do believe in the values of religion but i do believe like i'm not it's it's crazy because i don't talk about this because that much online because it's such a crazy combo but i know like we all know that jesus wasn't like blonde haired blue eyed so that information right there you kind of like okay well what was religion put here for in a sense so I believe in God, I believe in a higher power, and I believe in the morals of what religion brings as a, uh, as a, um, uh, uh, like, let's say a formula for life, like the golden rule, different mm-hmm. stuff like that. However, there's a part of me that does understand that religion can divide people as well. Mm-hmm. And now there's a nuanced conversation because division isn't always bad, in my opinion, because sometimes you have to separate certain things to know where you stand. But at the same time, it is kind of tricky because when you're in a multicultural place like America and then you understand, let's say, either history or regions of places and even just, you know, like the fact that whenever you go to a Catholic church, there's a blonde hair, blue eyed picture of Jesus. But then we know he was probably more brown skinned, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, it's just blonde. I think it's kind of like brown hair. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but the thing is, it's like. You have Jewish people who just look like white folks. So I don't know what he was or what he is. But what I do know is people want their God to look like them. And so understanding that, I would like to break down because a lot of religious beliefs have so many similarities. We get caught up on the technicalities. And I believe if we could lose the technicalities, we could come together as people on the moral principles that are installed in religion. So that's Mm. just kind of my take on that. 
what do you think about like all these mega churches and stuff like I mean, Joel Osteen's? A lot of them right? are hustlers. Like if say, they're yeah, hustling like, religion, spirituality. Um, this is how I look at it. I don't think it's bad though. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad because they're also people come there to rejoice. See, there's some authentic people who are coming there want to help you. But sometimes inadvertently you go to a church and you find help just because they're good people. Like there's, <laughs> there's good people, people around the you. energy. Have you ever went to a church? They're all singing and did yeah. it. It's like, bro, I never went to a church and had bad energy. Like F this yeah, dude. Like ever, you always ever. come back feeling good. And I think, well, that's hey, I'm cool with that. Like mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. And I think that's great. I think there's a lot of hustlers, a lot of people who take it. Like you guys seen that we did this this week on our podcast. Gotcha. There was a, a pastor in, in I think, Brooklyn or the Bronx who got robbed for a million dollars worth of jewelry. I'm like, well, all of God's work that needs to be done, you got a million on your chip. Oh, <laughs> right. You see what I'm saying? I'm a like, cool. have a nice filling. ring, maybe have a rolly, but come on, bro. Like, there's so many, like, homeless in New York. I'm like, so many. you know what I'm saying? It is what That's it so is. True. So there's a lot of hustling going on in that, in that vein. But mm-hmm. if you're making people feel good and you're getting compensated for it, I'm not mad. That's what I do. I'm an entertainer. Mm. I make people feel good or feel I make people feel a feeling and I get paid for it. Yeah. Boom. So simple. It is what it is. Simple. It's a business at the end of the day, yeah. you know? So Shit. and I don't think every pastor's out to hustle people. I think there's a lot of, of good intent out there. But when you live in a town like I live in, Colorado Springs, and it's full of churches. Um, but like when you look at just little things, like they do a lot of good outreach, a lot of things, but you know, um, it is interesting. I always said this, like people always talk about like the homeless population. And I'm like, you know, when you have a structure like a church, which is tax exempt, mm. you know, as I just think every church should have like a little building that helps house like, you know, poor or like certain um, types of people in society that need the help and help build them up because you have the infrastructure to do that. And I think if you're generating a profit, I think every church should ha- literally have a little dorm and they take in, you know, whatever kids homeless whatever that's just what i think i'm like if you're tax exempt give back to the community i mean realistically churches have bad histories with kids but Uh, no (laughs) right when i said it i was like (laughs) yeah maybe not the catholic i get it it's true it's true but this is the thing that's a weird we have issues with kids all over because what i'm starting to realize is predators seek work where there's children because it's the easiest way to pray. Because see, predators in nature, when you just go look, they ain't like the the biggest lion ain't gonna go try to attack the strongest gazelle and get kicked in his fucking mouth. Yep. He's going for the weak, the children, and the old. The one that's limping. And so they're yep. these people, they're called predators for a reason, because they're preying on the weak. And so it's just mm. like nature. So it's like you we're never gonna get rid of all the evil, but you get a few strong men and strong women that are there to take care of of uh, of children and, and and they really like are on some like mother Teresa type you you know soul really want you, you can you yeah. can sift out the bad people there's always going to be bad people in everything we do and everything mm-hmm. that's just the balance of life good evil it's just going to yeah. exist so yeah I still like that idea though that like seriously I'm just if saying, you are tax exempt give, give back I'm saying churches give back they do um I'm not trying to hold this against every church yeah. but don't like tell me. There's all this stuff when I'm like, yo, man, you guys are making millions, millions. millions. I mean, these shows, like I went to a, a New Year's Eve show or a Christmas show, and I'm like, yo, this is this a is production. Insane. Like, this is a concert, bro. Like, a I'm not throwing or, concerts. A show like or a this. service? 
it's a service, but it's a show. <laughs> like it's a show. Baby making money. They're up there too. playing guitar, singing. I'm like, this is amazing. Like I feel Killing great. It. But this is a concert, you know. Yeah. The one thing that drives me away from like the televangelist and stuff is like the Joel Osteen like situation where yeah. like he wouldn't let people in his church when there was I forgot what c- catastrophe it was. Um, but like shit like that, like, yeah. bro, like you're making millions of dollars. Like, why couldn't you just like help out, open oh, that church yeah, up yeah, and get it? Isn't that he in Texas? Hurricane it was like, maybe it was, was like it a hurricane? deep, deep freeze or the hurricane. People do weird stuff all the time. Yeah, that shit was weird to me. It is what it is. Like, you know, the thing is too, like you have to have the right infrastructure set up as a business person. Let's say you have this huge church, people need help, but then it's just like, you know, when you're bringing, I, I mean, I feel you. I just, you got mm-hmm. it. When you have that much money, it's like, look, if people come in and wreck the church, rebuild it. You know? So, right. I don't, I don't know the technical details behind yeah, it. Yeah, there's like, probably more details I don't know or something. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Crazy. Let's just get right into the, the bullshit now. All right. Now we going because, to. Uh, cool. I feel All right. Like, I, like I feel it. like you have a lot of uh, controversial things that you put on your platform. Uh-huh. And a lot of, I bet a lot of people watching it, like, they don't have the opportunity to ask you. Like, yeah, yeah, they don't. You know, like to yeah, kind to of get an like, in-depth look of how I think of it for real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, I'm going to I'm going to ask I'm going to ask the questions that everyone sure. at, wants to know right off the bat. Now, if, before we get into this, I'm yeah. going to tell you this for your benefit. Yeah. Certain things I might answer a certain way so you don't get kicked off YouTube. Cuz you will get kicked off YouTube for my views. Okay. So I can I have to speak in code with certain stuff. If we're talking mm. about certain politics, if you talk about vaccinations, if you bring those type of questions up, I will have to speak differently or you will get this will get flagged and you could potentially get a misinformation strike. So I'm just oh. letting you know. Oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And right. has that happened before we do I have strikes. I have strikes, strikes on almost got demonetized. Wow. Yep. Damn, what the fuck? Damn. That's All right, crazy. so it's COVID. It's COVID real. You said pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID's real. COVID's but the real. way they handled it, it's a pandemic. They, they, damn, I forgot. I almost forgot. I have to. If you guys get mm-hmm. on the internet, go look up on YouTube Event 201. This came out about a month before COVID struck and the mm-hmm. lockdowns. And they literally went through all of this in a simulation. So when I say a pandemic, I'm not a COVID denier. People get on me like there's they, they get you on you got to remember there's people who hate me because of my stance because they don't understand it. But what I'm trying to convey and wake people up to is the reality that politicians and the elite class of people are utilizing disasters to gain control and power over the human being. So and take our sovereignty and civil liberties. It's so that's the plan. That's the pandemic. pandemic. COVID is real. And the reason for there's going to be people getting on, man, Black P, you let me down. I'm telling you, they didn't, uh, uh, what did they, there's this, they didn't uh, separate the this when they're testing. Look, COVID, I don't even have the direct explanation for this, but I'm going to tell you this. You get flu-like symptoms, but it's the only flu that I've ever gotten where I lost my taste buds and my sense of smell. COVID is something, it's real, and it's doing real things to real people. Now, do I think we've overreached in in the way we've handled COVID? Yes. The fact that we're on a planet where every person needs to be tracked and traced because of a sickness is too far for me. But it's still real. COVID is real. And whenever I say pandemic, it's in that that the way they handled this has been planned out for a long time. Mm. They've been looking at swine flu. Swine flu was, but they couldn't get us scared enough to tap dance 
to what they're doing now. And if people don't wake up now, you're going to lose all of your sovereignty and individual liberties. And see, people in America don't realize it because people in other countries don't have what we have. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Yeah. I went to Panama, okay, to get my daughter stem cells for her mm-hmm. arthritis. And um, when I was out there, I had a tour guide, Oscar and Julie. And I seen they're not really wearing their masks. So I start, I'm like, yo, what's up? Da, 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 da. This mm-hmm. is what I'm on. And they're like, okay, we can talk to him. This is what happened in Panama. Now, Panama is one of the most, they're economically better than most Latin American countries. But this is what happened during their shutdown. And see, they don't talk about this in the news. And they told me this directly. Mm-hmm. They're like, when they shut down, they shut down everything. And in, in most part, they even shut down grocery stores. Oh, my God. And they didn't get paid. So a small sect of the people in certain industries got paid, like we did, you know, stimulus. The government dropped off bas- baskets of rice and beans. So now when you see these type of implementation of what I would call radical authoritarian actions over a sickness, you have to see the implications right now in America. When I spoke out, everyone wanted to crucify me. You're wrong. This is, you know, you're killing grandma. Well, we're in a first world country. Guess what? I'm not going to starve. I'm just going to have to pay 80 bucks for a steak, but I'm not going to starve. But in Panama, they're going to starve. In Africa, they're going to starve. In mm-hmm. India, they're going to starve where there's so many people. And, I, and, and you know, you'll have these social justice woke people talking about, oh, poor people and, and eat the rich and da da da. But when the pandemic happened, they did not. They see, no one wanted to look at the domino effect of shutting down economies. And now we're able to look and be like, hey, we're shutting down the economy. In hindsight, is it worse than what, you know, the, the, the disease? And that's a question people need to have a real conversation. How many people died of, of depression from ODing? How many people died because they didn't get to go their cancer treatments and see where they were in the hospital? How many people with starvation across the country? So people need to wake up and see these things. And that's why I have these conversations and post polarizing things to get this conversation open because what i'm realizing is the young generation is a little disconnected from this because the the mainstream media is is very good at indoctrinating us through social media and our television platforms so Mm. damn you got a good (laughs) speaking voice bro you got it you could you're a great storyteller because like your voice and kills it like, on the mic, man. Yeah. You're doing it well. I yeah. dig it. I'm not a storyteller, but like you, you have a great. Well, this is the thing too. Like we delivery. all do podcasting, yeah. and I'm getting. I'm two years in, so now I'm just mm-hmm. like I know how to have a conversation, and I'm already an animated person, and I'm um, an artist. So there's something that turns on me. The camera's on. I boom. turn on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You did, That's just bro. What you I walked did. in here. Boom. Like, camera you know went saying? on. You turned. Yes, I like it. All right. So back into it. though. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's inspiring, bro. To be honest. But um, anyway, back into the pandemic sure. shit. So, I, I, yeah, you you say it so eloquently that I'm like, wow, this guy, this guy is so put together in his argument that I cannot put holes in it, and um, you know, I I truly can't at this point. So like, <laughs> I kind of agree with you, but like, yeah, Ricky, what do you think? Ricky, Rick, <laughs> I knew you were gonna throw it to me. I was Ricky's waiting for him to throw like, it. Got really sick from it. No, like, and that's like a whole separate thing. Like, I I seriously agree with you too. I actually I think like I didn't know anything about the whole like the simulation thing, the event. What was it? Event event two hundred one two hundred one. I didn't know anything about that, but like just the way it was handled was very well. And this is the other it thing. Was bad. They not. hide these things, but they're in plain sight. Mm-hmm. So like all this stuff is on YouTube, and it's it's still not down. You can go watch the whole simulation, and you go look at the date, and you're like. 
dude, we live Wait, this. They put it on YouTube. It's, just, it's on YouTube. Event two hundred one. Pitbull. You remember the rapper Pitbull? He was going viral. He. That's what he's talking about. Mister three hundred five. Yeah, he was like, "Yo, you guys, like, it's right here for us to see." Whoa, okay. And so all this stuff is in plain sight. Like it's in plain sight, but they're trying to eliminate it. This is why the fact checkers exist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because they're like, "Yo, they put it out," and they're like, "Oh, these people are actually following up on this." But um, what I would say too is because COVID is serious. So this is so this is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. I went down many veins of this because at first I didn't deny it, but I didn't think it was as severe as it was. And let me tell you why, in my opinion, why it is so severe. Because we're in a very unhealthy society. So mm-hmm. um, it's going to affect everyone differently. It is going to hurt healthy people. But every disease hurts healthy people at some point. There's outliers and everything. But the radical change that isn't happening and that they're not they're pushing therapeutics medicines da, 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 and there's no conversation about our health and what the average american the obesity and then when you start seeing the correlations to that and people passing away from it or having severe cases these are conversations that just aren't had so what i would like to say is when people think i'm a covid denier i'm not a covid denier and to dodge getting kicked off here i won't get that deep this is a very simple way to just put it for me I believe that with the mandates, the reason this is all happening is because of the, when you see people going against me or me seeming that it's because of mandates. And I believe anything that has a potential risk um, that you should have a choice. So that's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And the way they sold us this is that this one thing was going to stop a spread. Well, the one thing didn't stop the spread. So can we have a conversation about... When you're being so radical with mandates and these mandates have changed the world, I can't even travel the world Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. because of this idea and and everyone who ran with the mandates still have to get the same tests that I get. So that's all I'm saying. It's very simple, clean cut. And some people aren't even going to agree with that. But I think more people could agree with that than than disagree. So instead of me being like, well, this and having all these points, because the other thing is I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist. So everything I'm going Mm -hmm. off is things that I've researched or seen. But you're always going to find someone who's going to be smarter than me. Like, I'm not that smart, you guys. Like, come on now. You seem pretty smart, bro. I'm a D D student. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But I put things together from life experience. That's how I gained most of my wisdom. Mm. So, um, you know, when we talk about these things, I just keep it simple. I'm like, anything with this much risk should should have choice. That is my stance because I believe this. If you really dive down the numbers, some people are going to get on me for this. But if you really dive down the numbers... If we want to talk about the vaccine, it has provided protection for some people. Some people Mm -hmm. have side effects, but it has provided protection. So if you're in a category where you're super obese, you have comorbidities, I'm not – I'm like, dude, I'm just saying like, bro, then, I mean, this paper is showing this thing will provide you protection. I'm not knocking you for getting it. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to go too deep down that because I don't want to get you guys in trouble here. And sometimes these things can even get throttled online with how many people view it because of this is a conversation they they just don't allow. There's no have you, guys, have you guys it. noticed that? Have you guys noticed I that? I have noticed that. Only on Joe Rogan can he and it's because it's Spotify. Can he bring up someone who's pro this and anti this and have the conversation? And that's why I'm so vocal about my stances because it's not about me being right. It's about us having the conversation on public platforms in the public square and people being able to see both sides fully and making their own opinion. Thinking but we don't have it. that yep. right now. 
We only have, oh, there's, oh, this. You know, you might see a glimpse of my stuff, but, bro, like, I have had to wheel it back because, like, I got – this is – dude, on Facebook, I posted something from Forbes, and I made a comment on it, and I got restricted on Facebook, and I run my whole business through Facebook ads to sell tickets for concerts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the F? And I was like, yo, did it? And people are like, yeah, so we told you. And then I appealed it. And I won the appeal because I was freaking right. <laughs> yeah. Alex Bernstein on Twitter got banned. He's a New York Times editor. He went independent, started doing his own thing. He covered all the data points on COVID and the vaccine on Twitter. He got suspended from Twitter permanently. Well, he was one of the people I was getting all my information from, posting it. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Just, I think, a month ago. He won his legal lawsuit, and he's back on Twitter for Boom. all of his posts being correct. So that's all I'm saying. Damn. But but see, there's no repercussions from them taking my stuff down, taking your YouTube down, or whatever. Doing. It, but if you have the money, you can fight it. But I don't have the money to fight YouTube, mm-hmm. so I'm like, dude, I'm just like, whatever, you know. What do you I, think about all the shadow banning and stuff? Like, would dude, you say like it's it's out of pocket now? People are gonna argue, yo. They're going to be like, it's a private blog. You got to go by their rules. So what can you do? Like, you know, yeah. I don't uh, t- This is what I think. I think technology has changed and evolved. And I believe social media is the public square. And when you're talking about the Constitution and, and freedom of speech, we're talking about the public square. And I think that, um, you know, we should treat social media like that. But again, I don't own these platforms. So, right. you know, people are going to clown. Well, you're a dumbass. You don't know. It's a private platform. But I just laugh because all these people saying this, these, pe- these people have gotten caught in lawsuits or illegally data mining all your data to study your behaviors to sell you shit. And that's what yep. they're doing right now. But in the future, they're going to study your behaviors to monitor how you're going to react to the next whatever comes down the pipeline for them. That's just what they do. Data mm. is the new oil and gold. So they're yep. making money. So they're telling, oh, it's a private company. They're all good. But they're stealing your shit <laughs> that has value in digital world. Like it's literally mm-hmm. they're just taking your shit and studying you. And, and so they're studying your behaviors and, and they're manipulating you um, to sell you shit right now. But it just I mean, it's just going to continue like that's just what it is. So I just think it's interesting because they're not allowed to do this shit, you know. And then when they do, they get caught. Then they send you, oh, we've re you, you get the Facebook shit you have to sign and Snapchat. Oh, we've re-updated our blah, blah, blah. Our terms and shit. Our terms of yeah. da, 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 So what about uh, speaking of mandates, mandates, uh, what about like man, men fucking setting dates to turn into women? What? I mean, so <laughs> with I know what he's saying with oh, all, the, okay. all the trans stuff. Oh, I just like do what you do. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Mm. But what happens is when you try to t- change language, we start having a different conversation because what happens is there's a there's an element that I believe that they're trying to confuse people, right? Now, I don't care when people transition, how old, whatever, do you, but when we can't call a man a man or a female a female and they create a gray area, I have a daughter, so I'm going to speak up very, you know, and I try to bring entertainment when I'm online, but like, I'm going to keep it real, dude. I don't want my daughter in a bathroom with a dude who has his D and balls, straight up. What if your daughter grows up and she's like, dad, I'm trans? Cool. We'll have that conversation. But she's not, she's not doing anything in my household until she's 18 and an adult and, has her, and can make her own decisions. You're in my house. This is what it is. And cool, if you want me to call you they, her, he, whatever. Actually, I'll just call her by her name. But um, 
but uh, uh but i'm just like look i'm 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 pretty open but i also think the chances of that happening become less likely when you're around certain things because environment helps create you like we've all been created by our environment well she's in a traditional home with her mom with her dad and my my wife's going to homeschool so it's just it's hard to have these other things and it's not like i'm open to it like we're going to be down in denver on colfax she's going to see a trans person she's going to see someone a drag queen she has a question, I'll answer it. Like, hey, she's like, you know, whatever. That's just what it is. Hey, this dude likes to wear dresses and put on makeup. This person thinks they um, they are born in a certain type of body. Cool. It is what it is. But when we get to the technical details and you go into the hospital and they're like, we have a woman here and you see a D in balls, it's like, bruh, like, like, we have a woman on this table. We need to operate gunshot wound. That's a man. It's like, she has ovaries. You got to get this bullet close to the ovaries. You thinking there's no ovaries because, oh, it's a man. Like, we have to, like, you can't just skew the lines when it comes to biology. Mm-hmm. Like, so if you want to live in fantasy land or whatever, cool. If these people really believe that's what they are, cool. I'm okay. But we, the realness is that an NC, let's just keep it real. The Leah Thomas just got nominated for NCAA yeah. uh, uh, competitor or female whatever of the year. But still has male anatomy. Well, still has male anatomy. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. So, like, so my daughter could be the NCAA champ, but you telling me smash the patriarchy? For those who don't know, the male-driven society, smash the patriarchy. But we gonna put the patriarchy on the podium because they think, look, look, yeah. man, there's biology for a reason. That's all I'm here to say. You know what I'm saying? I try to open sometimes the way I mm. open the can of worms might get people like, what the no, hell? You're this. No, but I'm I mean, just keeping it a buck. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, and I never was this way. I'm this way because I have a child. So mm-hmm. as a man, you start changing, like your testosterone changes. So like chasing the women for me changed. You know what I'm yeah, saying? But having a child, I'm a different person, bro. Like I'm totally different. And that's why I get worried about the, the next generation because I see a lot of the youth because I'm in the industry. I mean, I put on a lot of young guys and they're falling for the indoctrination. This is all just indoctrination. Um, some people will call it communist subversion, but this is this is where we're at. They mm-hmm. want to demo- so the part of communist subversion is demoralizing a population. It takes about I think twenty years, and demoralization is when you burn our our country. I hate being here. It's so racist. It's yeah. this demoralizing where you can't even believe when you think that the red, white, and blue is the sign of the KKK. That's when you know that your country has been demoralized so bad and it's a process in what they call communist subversion. So, you know, the youngsters got to wake up to this. Like, Mm. if they don't wake up, we're going to lose something beautiful. And this is from someone who's traveled the world to see that, that people don't understand what makes America different is when you go to other countries, there's only rich there's only poor yeah. for the most part, not every, but for the most part, there's rich, there's poor. America has a middle class. This is the buffering that makes us the land of opportunity because the middle class just thrive. It's like this thing people don't even understand. People don't understand how much freedom, individual liberties and all these different things. But this buffering system we have because of the middle class, like I always make simple, simple analogies like, bro, you can't drink water in Mexico. You can drink toilet water in Colorado. This is wild. Now, yeah, Detroit, they're having issues with water. Here, they have issues with water. But for the most part, in America, you can drink toilet water and survive. You can't shit in Colombia and put toilet paper in the toilet. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It has to go in the little trash next to the toilet. That's my bathroom too. There you <laughs> this go. Dude has a he just debunked me, yo. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying we have these things that people don't even realize and they want to burn this society to the ground instead of looking at what is so good about our society and building off it. And that's the problem with our youth. When I see, you know, youngsters so caught up in these movements where they'll light a freaking American flag on fire and act like they're smoking it on 4th of July. I'm like, bro, you're lost. You're lost. lost. Was that a thing this 4th of July? I I just seen stuff like that. And maybe that's the ultra woke people, you know, but I'm just saying I see stuff like that and that's dangerous. That's very dangerous for our culture because people don't realize like, you know, they're trying to put the um, LGBTQ flag up like that represents all people. And if you really, you know, all men are created equal. Yeah, maybe this we didn't start this way in America, but this is what America is supposed to represent. The American flag is supposed to represent all of us, the LGBTQ, all of us. Everybody You know, in but people are rocking this LGBTQ flag like that's the new American flag. And people just got to wake up and know that's what's going on. I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far. I don't think uh, people what, are rocking the LGBTQ flag like it's I'm the saying, flag. well, people might not be rocking it, yeah. but this is what they want. This Because just remember this, the rainbow flag... Three years ago was the rainbow flag. They added the black and brown to it. Why? Because they're just trying to include everyone. This flag doesn't include you. You just have to see these little signals. Mm-hmm. They do it step by step. Hence the whole concept of communist subversion. Mm-hmm. It's to demoralize us and not believe in traditional things that can be helpful to us. I just tell people, if it serves you, cool. But if it doesn't serve you, you need to just look be- behind the curtains. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. So I got to ask you this then. Where do you see America in about 10 years? I don't know. It depends. We're, we're so this is why I'm so vocal. I really believe we're at a pivotal point and it's going to go in one of two directions, one very mm-hmm. very bad or one we can start being good and it's going to it's going to be radical either way. Either way the good is going to come from this radical like yo like I love America da 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 which it's going to be radical for some mm-hmm. or it's going to be radical like yo burn the whole place down burn it down so it's just what the, I don't see a real yeah. middle ground unless they do a, like what is it called the succession where it's like Texas Florida it's its own thing and Cali and New York is its own thing like a, a national divorce which I always is interesting because as a world traveler I realize that being in Europe if you just take Europe and look at it like America I just tripped out because like France Italy, you know, Poland, they'd be different states, mm-hmm. but we're all, we're United States. We're That's there. what makes us yeah. kind of lit, you know, and we're the only multicultural, multicultural pot. Canada's close. Europe has a little bit, but bro, when, oh, I could go on for days. You guys got to stop me. No, because, bro. No, I like this. I, I like this. Shit. I have one question. Ricky, can you see how long we've been going yeah, for? Because, yeah. you know, eventually we got to get into the show. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, and make sure it's still recording. Yep. Still good. How, how long is it? Where are we at? One hour. Oh, hey. Nice. One hour. We're still working. Cool, cool. Right we're on. Cherry. We're only one hour in, bro. But, like, if we started even talking about the race relations, people be <clears throat> tripping because, like, I am looked at as black, right? But ever since all the racial stuff, if you say certain things, all of a sudden people act like, oh, you're less black or whatever. But I've always been treated black. I've always, you know, that is, you know, my culture. But the one thing that I've realized that's very dangerous is these people are trying to sell us that America is so racist. And I'm like, bro, like Japan is dope. But they will not go outside of their culture. They ain't dating other people. China is a mm. mad racist, bro. Go to Super. France and see what they do to Africans. I, I they bet be, bro. I'm like, yeah. bro. And so what I ask black people, I'm like, tell me where Wakanda is. 
Because Africa is racist. Bro, America literally is pockets of Wakanda, and you're boo-booing on it because you don't understand the way the whole world works. Now, am I saying we can't do better? But the other thing is I think we also get gaslit because sometimes racism, people, well, things that people will say racism also just comes to the human nature Mm. of humans just be not liking different things or just being assholes. Humans, some humans are just hateful assholes. It might not even be race. He might just be like, "Yo, I hate." Da, 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 there's you know? some hateful motherfuckers so, out there, man. I just, I'm like, it's crazy. There's racism here. There is systematic things that I do think we still need to work on, but not at the level where people are selling it to us. And I'm at the point where I'm calling everything a pandemic because I'm like, all this is planned to keep us separated because all the people that I know who are successful in life, white, black, Asian, whatever. They just have that mentality. Like, I don't care. I'm just going to keep going. You could be the dark. Like, think about this, right? Mm-hmm. We'll have, um, um, I'll have like a, 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 a black brother who's, who's like, yo, stuck on the whole like racism, you know, stuck in a certain place, right? But then I'll have like this homie who's like an immigrant, a Nigerian, pitch black. And he just starts taxi cab. Then he's doing this. Then he's doing that. Then all of a sudden he just, so I also think it's about culture. And um, I do. I don't want to downplay racial issues or racism that happens because when it happens, like you got to also remember, America, like for example, Brazil, like they had a very similar slave trade in a sense, like where slavery was running rampant, da 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 da. But you didn't see like this like lynching of black people the way we saw in America, right? Mm-hmm. So for some reason, this racial racism. Uh, uh, whatever that happened in America happened at such a, a a dynamic way. It's like, yo, you have like, we've seen the pictures of white people just at lynchings. Like this is not like, this is, this is the horrible part of our history. And what does that ripple effect have? But when you talk to people now, it does take time, you know, to heal wounds and stuff like that. But we are actually, I felt like in the nineties and early two thousands, we're at like a place where we're starting to just like really get the momentum of like, yo, we're a multicultural pot. Mm. Now I could talk about this forever because there's little drips well, like right. How did people treat Muslims after 9 11? Right. Up. Yeah. How did people treat Chinese people after the pandemic? So we, yeah. but as humans, we kind of are jackasses at times, and we just got to work. We're super on that. selfish creatures. But there's no there's no country like us, so we're gonna have to work through it. I'm just saying for my people of color, don't let these thoughts disservice you because some people are not going to be successful because they're going to be like, oh, well, they're trying to hold me down. Who gives a fuck? Bro, I, do you know how hard it is to make it in the industry I'm in? Hard Bro, as fuck. I'm a light-skinned dude in Colorado talking about pandemics. We're in a more <laughs> liberal-leaning state. Mm-hmm. People ain't trying to hear that. They don't want my concerts to succeed. But I don't. I wake up. I put one one shoe on at a time. Let's get it. We've got to figure it out. They don't want, like, dude, I've been shadow banned my whole time on YouTube. I'm just coming out of that pocket right now, bro. Damn. Because I started doing, like, hip-hop reactions. Did you kind of notice that, too? Yeah. Like, as you were kind of going through? Like, yeah, after you get a strike, no one's on my live streams. Mm. You just have to rebuild it, rebuild it. So, anyways, I'm just saying there's a lot of things put out in the mass media, and it doesn't serve you. Try to gravitate to things that are going to make you stronger, Right? Knowing about racism makes me knowledgeable, and that's good. But letting racism be an emotional trigger to cripple me, 
no, 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 I can't let that, I can't let that evolve in my mind, Re- mm-hmm. regardless of how horrible it is. I just, it's not going to serve me. Like, you know what I'm saying? I have to be strong. And, and if I, if I get to a point where I have to fight it head on, let's go. You know what I'm saying? But you can't let these emo. they're trying to cripple people, you know, like think about this too. You know, they sold the black vote. Yo, go vote for Biden. Trump is a racist, right? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of the black folks like, we want reparations. And they're just sending massive money to Ukraine. They're putting massive spending right. bills. Like, they're, like they're, there's so much stuff going in the spending bills. <laughs> and then it's like, I believe in America, certain... Did I think, you vote for Trump? Yeah, I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, and it's, it wasn't because I'm a Trumper. I'm not a Trumper. Mm. I'm not MAGA, blah, 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 Trump 2020. Mm. I've just, I was like, look... When I went into the, into the elections, Biden told you he was going to mandate stuff. He said he was going to lock us down. I was anti-lockdown. Mm-hmm. I was pro-economy. From the jump. So I had to go with policy. Now, as I do, I was glad. Now I'm glad I voted for Trump, though. Because yeah. like all I the mean, stuff I was told, totally. I was sold that he was this racist. He's done bad stuff. He has done bad stuff, mm-hmm. but they sold us. They told the black people not to vote for him because he was a racist. And I went down the route. I'm like, bro, Joe Biden's mentor is Strom Thurmond. You can go online and see Strom Thurmond being like, what did he say? He was like, we will not let the race integrate with our kids in school. Oh my and this God. is his mentor, and it's all online for you to see. When can you connect freaking Donald Trump? If they could connect Donald Trump with the N-word, don't you think it would have been done by now? Mm. And when they say, oh, he's a white supremacist, how? He paraded with a black girlfriend. You remember he dated a black woman? No. Dude, he has a black girlfriend who was a dime. Fine as hell. Looked like Aaliyah. Fine, bro. He has just good taste. And so, look, there's something that comes with, like, maybe he might have a perception. But you got to remember, he was in Atlantic City doing boxing. How much money did he put in black and Latinos pockets in the Mm -hmm. boxing industry? And Judge Joe Brown said he helped fund part of uh, Jesse Jackson's uh, campaign to run for president when Jesse Jackson ran for president. Yeah, I think just the, they labeled him that racist because they were saying a bunch of other it was bullshit. It was, it was easy. easy. Yeah. And, 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 and so, anyways, I'm not going to go – I'm not this whole Trumper guy. Like, I just – I know what's real. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not I mean, voting for Biden. Biden couldn't even talk. He still can't. He's reading off Literally teleprompter everything scripts. you're saying, I'm like, this guy's got a point. I'm just like, saying. This guy, this guy, this, this guy knows I this mean, shit. And that's why I came down it's here to talk real. to you guys, too, because I don't talk to your generation. A lot of the people mm-hmm. in my demographic are like 30 to 40 now. And I'm like, bro, the young are the ones who need to wake up. Y'all are the ones who need to see it. And the Nelk boys are starting to do that, but they, they're so prank yeah, I was going to say they don't really boys. know. They can't like have yeah. this conversation. But they just brought on Andrew Tate, and as much as people hate him, he will bring up great points. And he went crazy on their recent Goes interview. Insane. So I'm just like, look, what man, do you think of Andrew Tate and his? I have with him. I have with him for the most part. I don't agree with everything. I don't agree with everything with everyone. Like I'm one of the people I like Candace Owens, but she's wilding with some stuff. Straight up, like I'm like, bro, you're. I feel tripping. like that's humans too. Yeah. Like we all have like there's some similar stuff that we agree with, and then there's some like, yo, this person is yeah. fucking tripping. Like, and to keep it real, human nature. I'm building my stance. I'm still learning because, like, I've always mm-hmm. been left leaning. Always, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've always been on the left side of things mm-hmm. when it comes to politics. The pandemic's what made me go crazy to the right, and now I'm kind of coming back to the middle because I went so far right because I was so mad that these people told me I was non-essential. They took away all my money to feed my family, and then they said I had to get an injection to not even be able to do my job. So people don't understand why I'm so radical about it, bro. Like in the height of this, I threw concerts and tour for a living. 
And um, that was just gone. And they're like, oh, well, you can get a stimulus. Da, 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 da. But the way the thing worked out for me, I wasn't getting what everyone was getting. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm like, dude, I got to feed my family. So, like, I was no, – because I threw concerts during the pandemic. And everyone locally came after me. I'm the evil guy. And what happened? How many people died because of my show? No. I mean, we don't know. Well, guess what? If, as many people could have, they could have at the Christmas rush at Walmart. Because my shows were never as big as, as the Christmas rushes at Walmart. Or, you know, King Supers. Mm-hmm. When people, oh, we're out of toilet paper. And there's thousands of people in the store. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Did you buy a lot of toilet paper when that happened? No, I just, I'm, I'm a prepper. So I always kind of have a little more than I need. Mm-hmm. Like I'm one of the mm-hmm. people, I have rations in my house and like water filters and stuff like that. So My dude has right. a 50 pound bag of beans in the basement you waiting. Do? Yeah, I have a, 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 pu- that's I have a what, huge that's bag what, of rice. Yeah. I, I rice th- and beans. And bro. I have this. I, I actually ordered it from a company, but it's like six months of rations. If some, This is my thing. Look, I've been through a blizzard here where you mm-hmm. couldn't go get food. So why not have food just in case? Shit Truth. happens. And it doesn't, I think that's it, the it smarter doesn't have to be there's a nuclear winter. It's just like, bro. Like I remember one of my buddies was in uh, Florida. Hurricanes started to form or whatever. Everyone bought the water. He was out there in a hotel. He went to get water. There was no water at any stores. So, you know, just be Fuck. prepared. Yeah, right. Why yeah. not be prepared? Why not have Look that at what shit. happened to Texas when the f- deep freeze. I bet you people wish they had a fireplace with some wood. Right. They were cold. Fuck. A generator no with a space heater. Yeah, they probably don't put a lot of fireplaces in Texas. Yeah, but you just, it's just, you just don't know. So it's like, hey, you know, um, having a generator, having, you know, um, a place to um, clean water. You know, having some clean water, having some food. Like, think about this, right? We all focus on money, right? Mm. You can't, dude, shit hits the fan, you need water. You can live off water for like 18 days. But just Mm. think about, you can go to Costco and buy a thing of 40 waters for two bucks. But we out here, just people don't realize, like, until it's on the line, because we're so entitled and privileged in America because we have so much wealth, people don't realize what is important and what isn't important. That would scare me, bro. I'm like, I gotta go fucking. I gotta go get a bunch of shit now. I gotta. I'm, go I'm just saying, water. like, did you have you guys looked Facts, at the Great bro. Depression? Like, mm. I forget the reasoning behind, but there was a moment where everyone took all their money out the bank, and then all the money ran out, and then everyone who went to get the money late couldn't get their money. Couldn't get it, and they were just shit out of luck. This happened in the 1920s. Not that long ago. So it's just like, bro, ago. and look at all the weird shit with money going on right now. It's like. I'm like, dude, just, you know, just look, as men and as a man with a child, I have to be prepared to try to, you know, my lifeline needs to live on. That's what I'm here for. So, you know, I just have to try to be there to make sure that happens. And I can only do so much, but I'm going to do what I can. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. As a trans person, the best I could do is leech off someone else. What? <laughs> just kidding but um all right so uh speaking of money how's uh how's the money in the uh, colorado music industry is it uh is it a dying market or is it a growing market well i'd always say it's growing because it never blew up so it couldn't die because mm. it's like a, like, like it, let's say when i started it was in its infancy so let's maybe say it's a toddler mm. and you know for people who've blown up like Flowbots or 303 you know it's a teenager but um, I can't say anything's dying that hasn't got to its full potential yet. Like maybe let's say in Texas when they had their bubble and blew up with Mike Jones and Paul Wall, maybe you could be like, well, let's go look at the numbers and figure out where they're at. But where mm-hmm. we're at, we never had that. We never mm-hmm. had a, you know, we've never had a superstar rapper. You know, I also believe it's because it's not an urban market. 
And so they're waiting for like an alternative, like a atmosphere or tech nine type of thing. That's what would put this market on the map more so than some real urban or like it just doesn't make sense that urban music might you see all these like uh, gangster rappers, but it doesn't really fit a suburban market. Denver has its rough spots, and there's some people who've got millions of views from hood stuff on YouTube. FPP, but um, yeah, there. You go. What do you think about FPP? Um, I think honestly, I give a shout out to anyone doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I typically listen to boom bap hip hop, old like Jedi mind tricks. That's what I love and like. And I listen to like what is it? 60s doo wop. I listen to the Supremes, Sam Cooke. Uh, 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 who's it? Big girls don't cry. Like I've been playing that for my daughter when she wants to cry. At swimming. <laughs> so you're all over the so, place. So yeah, but I, I don't really, I don't really listen to new stuff that much unless people are like, yo, check this out, and then I can evaluate it because I listened, I've listened to enough new stuff to be like, yo, this is hot or this is not. But like most of the young cats that pop in Colorado are hot. Like they have a hot sound. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So um, you know. It, it, even if it's not my cup of tea, I can sit back and be like, yo, this is fire or this is a hit. Like if you played a joint for me, I'd be like, yo, this is a hit. This could be on urban radio. This could be on rhythmic radio. Nah, this is a YouTube hit. Like I know music mm-hmm. in my demographic. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Do so, you, are you familiar with FPP? Yeah, I think so. Uh, uh, from They're from Denver, right? Yeah, like um, Mo, Mo like X, West, and I think there's some other ones. They're Latin kids, right? Yeah, they just got yeah. indicted for uh, uh, racketeering. I think I think I know who you're talking about. I think I went down the rabbit hole. So when you said it, I was just like, "Oh yeah, they're they're the Latin kids from Denver. They rap about trap like hood stuff, super hood." Um, And uh, I just remember them like Mad Guns in the video or something. Like they had like their homies kind of at a park is one of the videos I seen. I've seen a couple videos from them. I was like, "Oh damn!" Because I think (laughs) I think Hypnotic told me about them. He's like, "Yo, these dudes are popping." I was like, "Cool, dope." You know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. but again, um, are they good? Are yeah. They, no, no, not I, as musically. Are they in jail right now? Uh, well, yeah, I think most of them are in jail. Like FPP Mo, I know he's in jail. Damn, I think that's... I think X is free. Okay. Um, West, I think might might be free. I don't know. Okay. But. Yeah, and and this goes back to um, culture. Um, one of the things that I I think is disturbing. Um, I posted a picture of Ludacris graduating. All these people were giving me shit. They were like. Bro, that's not even a real degree. Like going crazy. <laughs> but then I'm like, I get on the same website, X double XL, on Facebook, start reading every other week. Young black entrepreneur, dead, shot, jail. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, so you guys are giving all this love to things that aren't serving you but things that could serve you i'm like yo there's just a misconception of things and shout out to the the brothers in denver i'm not knocking them because we this is the thing we all are a product of our 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 environment and we have to um grow from everything we experience and i think they're going through a growing phase like these dudes are really in the streets doing street shit if anyone's certified to rap about it that's them. That's them. So right I'm there. not. I'm, but I'm also talking about the public perception. I would uplift them for making it out the hood in those environments. But we also need to uplift. Like, how many black scientists or lawyers or doctors do you know of from Colorado? Exactly. Well, there are some. Yeah. But why aren't we ta- giving them the same type of love? See, we will uplift certain things. And I just think I'm like, bro, you know, there's a dope Latin lawyer in in the somewhere out here, a dope Latin doctor. I can't even say his name because I don't know. Yeah. But I'm like, I see this stuff, and I'm like, I start tripping out because I'm like, yo, like we embellish and glorify certain things 
And I'm not knocking those things because I actually really respect the street culture from a lot of the things I've seen. But we also, as a culture, need to start uplifting the good, just the good dads. Bro, I bet you those dudes rapping are probably good dads. Some of them have a kid and they love their kid. And so let's just uplift and glorify parts of the culture that we're not anymore and that need to be because having this nuclear family is what's going to help save society. That's the, This is why we see so much degenerative nature because we're taking so many components out of the family structure and when the kids are left to their own devices, kids need guidance, period. So that's just what it is, you know, but... um you know, I hope those dudes, all of them get out. I hope they make it in music. I hope, because like, look at, and the reason I say that, what just happened to Slim Thug? I'm like, bro, the top of the top. And you're just like, boom, locked up. It's like, why? Why? Mm. Like, bro, I, I I'm like. don't know what happened to Slim Thug. Oh, you don't? No. Um, he's in a Rico case, bro, which is like oh. one of the worst drug oh, type of man. cases. They're trying to pin. So he's, I don't know exact, but he's probably affiliated with all these people doing certain things. Maybe he called a couple shots and they're trying to get everything on him because he's the front man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's the, it's like they take down the head and then get everyone with it. And it's just like Young Thug. Like, like Young Thug and YSL. Yeah. Yeah. So YSL, there's, I think Gunna from his crew. I don't know mm-hmm. their crew. Like I'm just going off of what I see on XXL and I'm like, dude, this is wild because, you know, I've been to like Hawaii, and my mind is like, yo, like if I was a rapper, I would have bought a mansion in Hawaii, built a studio, and I would just <laughs> get away from all the hood stuff. But a lot of hood cats will tell you, like, that's what gives them, that's how you hear the realness in their records. That's how you mm-hmm. can feel because they're in it. So I understand that too. Art imitates life, life imitates art. So look, man, um, whatever happens to the, the brothers in Denver, you know, it will come out in their art and I think it can come out beautiful, but I just don't want to see any more. I don't want to see any race. I was about to say black and brown people dead or in jail because of our cult, the culture lifestyles. I just, you know, but anyone, because, you know, there's white kids gang banging, there's all types of stuff, but you know, me, you know, it's just interesting. These are things I see with the culture that I'm like, it's, it's kind of wild. It's funny. You see Cardi B, right? Wop, 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 where the I'm up? <laughs> and she's like, I won't let my hey. daughter hear any of this music. Mm. Bruh, what is that telling you guys? Mm-hmm. What is that telling you? Well, right. I mean... It's probably because it's inappropriate for a child to hear a wet-ass pussy. But how many ch- children are listening to wet-ass pussy on TikTok? Oh, word, that's true, I guess. I don't, mm. I don't have kids, so I don't even think about that. So this word. is what I'm saying, man. It's like, and these barriers to entry, you might be able to protect your kid from it, but it's always their friends... Who bring the shit in the household because their parents are on some other? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. There's That's th- where it all comes from. I'm so, not gonna lie. It's 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 crazy. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, all right. Fucking, we've probably been going for about an hour. I'll check again. Now. I'll, I'll check again. Um, I know you want to get something to eat before the show. Yeah. Let's. See. Well, I'm down to just go into the show. We have a flow going. So if you guys are ready just to go on the show, oh no, people, more people are going to show up. Okay, cool. Then we can. Then I will. Maybe I'll hit like Chipotle or something. Yeah. Before we go out, though, I wanted to touch on concerts a little more. Sure. Like, cause you've been kind of doing it forever. Yep. I mean, you were literally my first promoter. Yep. I remember seeing uh, you for the first time before I even made music on Team Backpacks mm-hmm. Cipher. Um, so shout out, shout out to them for uh, them showing me you or whatever, you know. But it, so you've been in it for a long time, and how long have you been putting concerts out? I've been throwing here? shows right around 2010. 2010. Yep. Um, let's, let's, let's go off like some some names that you've actually thrown out here because I'm sure there's some people that don't even know like yeah. let, let's let's get some big names you've thrown out here so like the Chris Webby, Ritz we've you know. done um, was uh, Tech 9 Snow the Product that's coming up in August um, get your I've tickets 
um, yeah, I've done Ritz, I've done um, T Pain, I've done um, what's that dude's name? I got T Pain. Uh, what the fuck? Kid Ink. I um, got Kid Ink. Too. And so those are some of the bigger ones that we've done. One and help. then all of the independent underground stuff you could think of. I yeah. mean, dude. I mean, you've had a lot of shows, stuff, bro. Like, you know, like Wi Fi Funeral. Oh. OG Mako, um, Fora, uh, I mean, I, I, there's just been a lot. And that's mm, not even okay. me op- me being an artist. Like, yeah. opening, I've opened for TI, 50 Cent, Wu-Tang Clan. So, like, it's an Shout array, it's an array of different things, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Damn, But bringing right. shows, we're starting to move to the upper echelon. I'm going to tell you guys this because it's not going to happen, but we just put in an offer for Ludacris. We were going to bring Ludacris to Sky Sox. Um, in October, that was our goal. But um, that would have been crazy. Um, yeah, it just—it's it, not going to work out. But yeah, we want to take it to the next level for sure. Keep poking at that too, because like the I, the economy economy makes it. We're totally independent. We don't even really have sponsors like that. Mm-hmm. So um, we have one sponsor. So we got to kind of elevate our game as business people um we've just we've kind of had a niche. We have a formula that works, and we've been able to kind of cut through a lot of nonsense. I dig it, and I enjoy getting on your shows, you know? Sure. I'm sure a lot of these other upcoming artists are happy to get on your show, so that's one thing I wanted to shout out to. If you're an upcoming artist, be sure to add this man on uh, Facebook, Black Pegasus. Yep. Message him, you know, and uh, see all these shows that he's putting on. Don't forget to get your tickets for this uh, Tech 9 Snow yep. the Product show. Tech How did that kind of come into... Uh, like, well, I know you've, you've so we brought Tech, tech last yeah. year, and we, yeah, locked, tech. we locked Tech in. Um, we locked Tech in, and we had it... We had it. We knew we were going to bring tech for sure, and me and my partner wanted to add snow to the show. So you know, we That's got fire. got a hold of the agent and ended up making it happen. So um, very, I'm very excited about that one. It's probably going to sell out. Now with big shows like this, when you bring them out and stuff, like is how does it work? Like is there? Because I'm sure there's plenty of people that don't really know how it works. Was that a knock? I think that was a knock. Okay, we'll take those a- go down. Something yeah, yeah, about yeah. That. Okay, yeah, you're right. But if you do it, I need to like, what do you mean by that? Okay, so How do like, they go down, like, so like bringing out bigger artists and like na- like national artists, like a Tech Nine, and adding on a snow to the product. Like, what's the process of having to hit them up, bring them out, and essentially put on the show? Like, you're just okay. You're the promoter. You're hitting up their agent. Like, are so you- the way this works, right? Um, I, I work, so I'm BKG Promotions, which is promoting marketing and it's kind of my brand. But I work inside of Strong Survive Presents. That's me and my buddy Travis and then his staff. But me and Travis are partners. So we have different positions. So essentially, me and Travis have conversations of what we want to do concert-wise, right? Mm-hmm. Then Travis is what you call a talent buyer. So he's going to reach out to the agent and handle all the negotiations, get a hold of the agent, find the agent, da da da. So like a lot of times, I'll be in the backdrop, like, hey, we should work on this, or he'll bring something, you know. But yeah. a lot of times, I'll be like, yo, we should book this, and sometimes he'll be like, we should book this. But then he'll contact them. Then he comes back to me like, what do you think we should put in as an offer? Now, an offer is what you're going to offer them to perform. Money. And yep. so um, it just depends. Like, have, Do they have tour history? Have we worked with them before? What do they look like in other markets? We decide what we want to offer them based off other things that we've been doing. And we then we put in an offer. But again, my position is like, kind of like, uh, I don't even know what the word is, but we have these conversations together. Then him as the talent buyer goes, puts in the offer puts with the, the offer agent. And, they accept and so it's called a formal offer. So he prints up a formal offer. It looks a certain way, sends it. They approve or they don't. Normally they're like, hey, can we get this? Can we get that? A part of the offer, there's like, 
sometimes there's a guarantee. Well, most of the time there's a guarantee, right? But is there a back end split, meaning you hit a certain number, the artist okay. gets extra money, um, buyouts because it's easier to just pay them to get their own hotels and stuff, or do we have to get the hotels? So all these things Book go into negotiations, and, yeah. and then once you get it all negotiated, they ask for a deposit. Depending on your relationship, depends on how much of a deposit you send. Uh, once the deposit's sent, you're able. They typically send you some type of artwork. You finagle the artwork for your market, and then you announce the concert and put uh, tickets on sale. Okay. Yeah. I mean, kind of, kind of like how I envisioned it. Really, has there ever uh, been like a? Have you ever had to deal with some extra bouginess from artists? Like maybe it doesn't go through that process. Like maybe you have to. I don't know. There's certain things, you know what I mean? Yeah. You always hear these stories of like, this artist needs this flavor of Gatorade. And if you don't have this flavor of Gatorade and a pound of weed, then you know what I mean? Like, is there so ever bullshit like that? We've never dealt with stuff like that. Cause also like a lot of times when you're making money, I'm just hospitable. So if they're like, yo, we need some Patron or whatever. And I'm like, oh, we're making money. I'm like, yo, I got you. Like whatever. You know what I'm saying? Um, the weirdest stuff is dealing with artists that are on some so i'm gonna drop a name yeah um little zan right we Facts. book his tour right and this asshole just cancels his whole tour he has other people on the tour that are affected by it and it's like we have tickets on sale tickets in the streets blah 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 and he's just on some like he says oh i for, even forgot the excuse he said but it's all nonsense some and bullshit. you can kind of just track down his career like he's just but he just makes excuses. So this is someone where you can give an example of just like, yo, like we've had everything in place, deposits out, everything. And this mother effort just straight, we just canceled the whole show. It had to re like, dude, and it's mad headache. Mm. Cause when you, so when you have tickets in the streets, that's the headache because online you just hit a button, oh, refund, God. everyone gets their money back, but all the tickets in the streets. So you're like, Yo, and then you don't know if these people, like if, if let's uh, say you're dealing with an artist who's low up on cash and they decide not to give people their money back, then then now oh I'm looking God, bad as the promoter because they're like, well, I bought this ticket and they said it canceled. And I got to get the money back from you. So it's just it's just BS uh, that you have to deal with because, you know, people are ir irresponsible, inconsiderate and unreliable. And like for Lil Zan's a, a name, then there's another artist I won't name because he's he's kind of big. But for example, we booked him. Tiger. And, and uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, but we booked him and everything, you know in the agreement was, yo, you're going to do a certain amount of posts on social media. And we didn't get those. Uh -huh. But in reality, what happened is because we didn't get those posts, his management did a reduction for us. So it all ended up working out, okay. but it's still like, that's just BS. We could have had a crazy crack and show you yeah. showed up. It's like shooting yourself but in the it, foot. But some of these artists, man, you got to remember they live in a fantasy world. They don't have to live in the real world. Women, like women come to them at a rate. That's just not, it's just, everything. It's just not, I've lived in that world to a degree. Just, mm -hmm. I wasn't, rich like when i was like you know but when you have a certain amount of celebrity things happen to you that don't happen to other people so mm. you start to just live in this different world and that's just what it is you have, have you ever yeah. gotten hit by a stupid high price yeah yeah absolutely do you do you want to touch on that at all like are or, you down to say like who it was or i don't know i just like i'm well, always I mean, curious on that type because of because politically you don't know if we're going to book these people in the future so then yeah yeah Better so leave it unsaid you look at a price and maybe it's not stupid high maybe they're worth that but in your market you can't like, facilitate that. yeah you know what i'm saying but um it'd be a little reckless for me to start saying prices of on course here. of course um, yeah it's a dumb um, question honestly, absolutely but. there have been times where you know let's say there's like, like a dj vlad Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, 
Uh, but yeah, there have been times where we saw like some someone wanted three hundred and fifty k, and we thought we thought it'd be more like a one fifty or two hundred k mm. type of you know thing, and it was just like okay, you know. Damn. So like the one fifty k. That's those are like big artists. Big those artists. are like those are crazy. Yo, we're doing an outdoor event. We're trying to do like stadium type shit, like the Sky that. Sox Stadium or the old like thing a, like a Luda or a, okay yeah, yeah that, so, damn um, that's. And that shit. wasn't big shit. that wasn't a Luda joint. That was actually something we tried to do last summer. We were even considered bringing it to Pueblo, but I'm not going to say the name, of course, because it was just someone like you know he he, he is super popping. But at that time, there's a lot things. of money. <laughs> well, no, not even that. He there were some things going on oh. in the space where he wasn't as popular. So it was like, as in a promoter, you have to kind of hedge your risk, and you're just like, I okay, cool, you. you know. And then we ended up booking something different. Mm. So word. Yes. I see you. I like it. All right. Black Pegasus, thanks so much for coming on, bro. Let's get yeah, it. Fucking coming to the show. They're going to two separate videos, so this is the end of this. Do you want to shout yourself out for the people to where they can find you and check you out? I go by the name Black Pegasus. You guys can find me. The best places is Instagram and Facebook, at Black Pegasus Raps. That's R-A-P-S. But check out my YouTube channel. It's starting to blow up. Um, I think it's Pegasus Black. So YouTube.com slash Pegasus Black. We do a lot of podcasting, uh, reactions, and street interviews. So check me out. Let's go. Don't forget to get your guys' tickets for the upcoming concerts, too. Just check out the man's social media and stuff. And then you guys know who I am. My name's Rick G. Hit that link below. Check out all the new music I'm going to be dropping. Check out Sport Champs. We just released a new episode of that. So it's out everywhere. Be sure to check that out. Hit the links below, y'all. Bow. And it's been Easy. Street Champs. We got a live show. First one coming up October 29th. Um, Flyer's not out yet. But yeah. Oh, live, he's announcing it. Live podcast. Check it out. Um, like, comment, subscribe. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that shit. All right. Peace.